The following podcast is a Dear Media production. If you have not jumped on the Athletic Greens train, also known as AG1 by this point, what in the heck are you doing? How many more times do you have to hear me tell you about how much of a game changer this product is before you pull the trigger and actually take the plunge into AG1? Here's why I love it. It's your one-stop shop all-in-one daily supplement, nutrients, greens, and adaptogens, all in one delicious scoop. Like I said, I take this stuff every single morning with a massive glass of water. It also reminds me to drink a massive glass of water. It doesn't break the fast for you intermittent fasters out there, and it's going to jumpstart your day. Like I said, this single product has it all, your multivitamins, your minerals, pre and probiotics, and your adaptogens all in one scoop. It's the most cost-effective supplement when you think about how much bang you get for that buck. I have personally been taking this stuff for about four years now, and it's become an absolute staple in my routine. I don't know what I would do without it at this point. What I've personally noticed is I have more energy, as you can well tell here. I don't get sick as often. My gut health has improved, and I've lost the dark, ugly circles that were under my eyes. They're not completely gone, but they're almost gone. So don't come at me and don't say I still see them. So what are you waiting for? Check them out. They're an incredible company and brand, and we, of course, have a special offer for you. If you want to take ownership of your health, today is time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash skinny. That's athleticgreens.com slash skinny. Go to athleticgreens.com slash skinny. That's athleticgreens.com slash skinny. Check it out. Enjoy. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha. A big part when I wrote Got Feelings, it's that orthorexic spectrum that I think is a problem within wellness. It's like more is always better and I just... And it ends up being antithetical to what I want from my patients, which is actually enjoying their life. It's just such a source source of obsession and dread, which is a massive problem. Look, if those tools, like all the biohacking stuff, if they serve you and you enjoy doing them and they, they improve your quality of life, then wonderful. To me, I don't have to do all the things because I, I just, I feel great doing what I'm doing. I don't need more tools. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. Today, we have our friend, Dr. Will Cole, back on the show. Can't tell if this is his third, second, fourth. He's been on a few times. Um, He's also in the Dear Media Network and family, so I just feel like I talk to him and see him all the time. So I just can't exactly remember how many times he's been on, but he's definitely been on before. And today, we're jumping into all sorts of different topics. Benefits of cold plunge, how your body reacts in fight or flight, how your nervous system works, how your gut health is connected to chronic inflammation, what causes inflammation, how to find a diet that works for you, vitamins, minerals, you name it all. We got it all here. It's a, it's a jam-packed episode. For those of you that are unfamiliar with Dr. Will Cole, Dr. Cole is a leading functional medicine expert who specializes in clinically investigating underlying factors of chronic disease and customizing a functional medicine approach for thyroid issues, autoimmune conditions, hormonal imbalance, digestive disorders, and more. Bam, I said that all in one line without having to skip a beat. Wow, I'm good. Today, we sit down and talk about his newest book, Gut Feelings, where he provides tangible tips for you to better your health long-term, and we discuss how fixing your health is not as complicated as people may make it seem. With that, Dr. Will, my friend, welcome back to the Skinny Confidential, him and her show. This is the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Dr. Will Cole. No, we were talking about, um, right before this started, the cold mm-hmm. cold setup. Why well, you're thinking about getting one? Yeah, because I recommend these to patients, but I've never yeah, like, like the, the cold, plunge. cold therapy yeah. and alternating cold and heat. 
because we're dealing a lot with people that have different inflammatory problems, hypervigilant nervous systems. So it's completely clinically relevant for people who are looking to deal with inflammation, dealing with fatigue issues and sleep problems. I don't really have those problems, but I'm looking to optimize it. I do the cold shower myself and I have a sauna. I have infrared sauna, but I really want the proper rotation of it. But you like yours, right? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to start with this conversation, but I, I think it's good. I did it this morning. We do it at least three times a week where we do the the alternating cold mm-hmm. and sauna. And I we have an infrared as well, which I love, but I use the the barrel sauna yeah. different than I use the infrared. Like the infrared, I go in there, I relax, I read, mm-hmm. I feel it's like detoxification. It's kind of like, I mean, you would know maybe hormone balance, all that. Like the barrel, I got to find Jesus in there. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like what's going on? Is it more intense? Yeah, it's more intense. And I, I like to use it with the cold contrast. And the one that we use is Blue Cube, which... I like a lot of yeah. That's I, what you're asking. I, I'm gonna connect with them. Yeah, I'll 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 put you on text with the guy. He's uh, yeah, they're rad. I think what I like about that one is it it keeps the water moving. So so you know like people get in the cold and they sit there and they like hold themselves like this. Yeah, and you build that thermal layer so it's not as hard. This one like again you got you got to find Jesus in a different way, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's it's just like it feels like you're in a running river. If you're gonna get one outside, I think Blue Cube is the move because it's wooden, it's grounding. Like Michael said, it moves. And if you're gonna go inside and you want something sleek and chic, there's one called the Cold Plunge. Yeah, it's the white. Right. Yes, it I've just seen... depends your aesthetic. I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know some of the, I know those guys. I've talked to them before, but yeah, it's. I think no matter, these are great tools. I think, especially for people that have like honed in the food stuff and the supplementation. And I think these are therapies that can be massive needle movers for people. So when you talk, I mean, we've talked about how we do it, but from a, from, from a doctor's standpoint, what do you think the main benefits of, of each of them are? Maybe independently and then used together. Mm-hmm. Cause that's how I did it today. I use them together, but sometimes we'll do just the sauna or just the cold. Yeah. I, I, for a lot of our, well, I have to say this, the sauna therapies and sweating, we definitely, I would say, use more for our patients because we're dealing with a lot of people that have mold toxicity, mycotoxin, they have chronic Lyme disease, they have things like glyphosate in their body, environmental toxins. So sweating and other ways to support their detox pathways is a smart thing for our patients. But part of that for a lot of people is a dysregulated nervous system. They're stuck in that sympathetic fight or flight stressed state. Both sauna and cold therapy, cold plunges, cryotherapy, things like that. They're hormetic effects. Hormesis is like a good stress, which makes our body, our cells, our nervous system, inflammation levels, the immune system more resilient and more balanced. So it can modulate things in a positive way for people that are stuck in that stress state. And I mean, vasodilation, vasoconstriction, increasing BDNF, allowing your brain to make new neurons when you're putting it in that, that hormetic state. I noticed postpartum with my first compared to my second is completely different. And there's three things that I've really been doing that I think are so different. And that is cold plunging. I I notice, I swear, this is so crazy. When I get out of that cold plunge, it balances my hormones. I can feel it. Mm -hmm. Is that wild? Yeah. Well, yeah. When When you're shifting your nervous system, a lot of hormone imbalances are brain based. It's the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, thyroid axis, ovarian axis. So it's, it, it, I could see it, you noticing that intuitively is shifting your body into more of a parasympathetic state, which is the rest, digest, hormone balance state. I immediately notice it. And then I'm eating a bunch more meat, which I want to get into with you. And I also feel like weightlifting has mm. really helped with this postpartum experience compared to the first one where I had a, it, it was a train wreck disaster, basically. 
with with postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do you notice that with postpartum people saying that that with me, with the cold plunge, with weightlifting? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are all tools to support homeostasis, right? Bringing back balance, whether it's nutrient density from foods and foods that provide your body the raw materials it needs to make new neurons, make make proper hormonal health, or it's a tool like cryotherapy. So it's, and it's this stuff that still, I, I, I'm i in my own little wellness bubble. I don't realize how much of the population, they don't know they actually have tools that are accessible for most people. I mean, if you, if you can't afford the cold plunge itself, you don't have the space for it. I mean, a cold shower will do a lot for your nervous system. And, you know, we mentioned red meat. I mean, they, these are all things that people have access to, or most people do. Outside of the health benefits you described, I, the reason I like both of them so much is, you know, we were talking about this previously on the episode with, with Lisa. I think people really like, they do everything they can to find as much comfort in life as possible, right? Mm-hmm. It's like the whole, our whole human existence is about being comfortable. How do I find comfort? And I, and I think that that could be a real trap for many people because it, it can make you complacent in a lot of ways. It could get, you know, it could, it could put you in a position where you're set up for failure when uncomfortable things inevitably happen or mm-hmm. when something goes wrong in life. And what I like about the cold is it is so miserable, especially right now in the winter, right? Like today I went in, it was 39 degrees outside. When I went in, there's no sun. You're like, God damn, it's going to, this is going <laughs> to suck. But you go in there and you realize like, okay, if you can do that and you, and you've, made yourself that uncomfortable in the morning, the rest of your day, as you go into comfort, it's, it's a contrast and it shows. Mm-hmm. And the same thing in the sauna, it gets so hot and you're sweating so much and all you're wanting to do is get out. And it's like, okay, if you can do those two things to set up your day, yeah. I just feel like from a mindset perspective, it's so powerful. Yeah. And it, it is, I think that that is, and to mention my latest books on that gut feelings, it's the physiological and the psychological. So that's a great example. I talk about cold therapy, sauna therapy in that book as a tool to not just get the physiological benefits of it, which is it's modulating the nervous system, immune system in a positive way, but on a psychological level to like, you almost use it as a meditative practice of like gaining resilience, which I do feel like so many people are fragile for lack of it. Cause we're not really, many of us aren't kind of exposed to things that are very, very difficult. I know that there's certainly exceptions to that, but I think as a general, if you look at the totality of human history, I guess, using that as your backdrop, we live in a very comfy life. Most yeah. Of us. And to your point about meditation, like I think meditation is necessary and it's something that people do to kind of put themselves in a relaxed state, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're not relaxed in any of these things we're talking about. Right? It's a different type of meditation. It's like, okay, I'm going to go get really uncomfortable and be really miserable. You know, meditation, you can sit there, you're in a warm place, yeah. you're pro- like this is different. It's a different kind of meditation, but it, it almost gives you the same kind of mental benefits. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, it's uncomfortable. Exactly. It's uncomfortable, but it really anchors you in the present moment, doesn't it? It's, you know, when you're freezing your ass off, you're not really thinking about the things in the past and the future. You're really anchored in your body. And I think that is that, that state that can really shift things, not just on a physiological level, but a mental, emotional, spiritual level. There was a, a Netflix documentary recently. It's called The um, Human Playground. Have you guys watched that? No. Idris Alba was the voiceover, the narrator of it. And it was this woman that she carved the ice out of some, some Nordic country, I think it was, and would jump in and actually dive underneath these glaciers. 
And she did it for the same thing of what I see on a micro level. So many people are doing from a therapeutic biohacking wellness tool. This woman was saying how it really changed her life. She was suicidal. She went through sexual trauma and how this sort of getting in the cold and kind of almost in a way on a micro level facing death, like being uncomfortable, kind of got her out of her own head and in her body which I think is a, a good for a lot of people. I mean, getting cold is a really good way to shock your system. Yeah. When you have your practice, what's the main thing that you're seeing people come to you for? I see it as, I mean, what when we run labs and I know the mechanisms, it's a different states of inflammation. And that manifests in different ways for different people, depending on where you're looking at. But it's different autoimmune inflammation issues. So there's over 100 different autoimmune diseases that we know today. And there's a 40 different above those up 100 that at least have an autoimmune component. So things like Hashimoto's disease, autoimmune thyroid issues, people that have Crohn's disease, ulcerative colitis. Those are some common ones, rheumatoid arthritis, Sjogren's. Those are diagnosed autoimmune diseases. There's about 50 million Americans that have that, right? But there are millions more that aren't diagnosable, but they're somewhere on that spectrum. And researchers estimate it's about four to 10 years prior to that diagnosis when things were kind of brewing on that inflammation spectrum. So it could be diagnosed or they could deal with things like fatigue. I have fatigue. I have brain fog. I have, I have anxiety. And, I, and they tell me the things like, I don't have anything to be anxious about, but I'm like always anxious. And they'll use the phrase like wired and tired. I'm anxious, but exhausted. But it's different, it, different manifestations of chronic inflammation. That's the people that I see. Are you seeing people that have implants inflamed a lot? I'm hearing more and more about that. Yeah. So that's a factor for some people. Certainly people that have autoimmunity, that have different methylation gene variants. You'll see in a lot of the breast implant illness community, the connection between the, and the correlation between M, different MTHFR gene variants, which are genes that, that make enzymes that help facilitate something called methylation, which you need for detoxing and regulating of inflammation, one specifically this homocysteine inflammatory marker. Those people, plus another set of gene variants that are called HLA gene variants. So there's something there that a lot of people will tell you when they got the explant, it really was a tool within their toolbox for many people because it's a source of inflammation for some people's immune system. So that's the sort of the bucket analogy, right? Some people have massive buckets, some people smaller buckets. That's your genetic tolerance for stressors. So it's not just about the implants, but it's food, it's toxins, it's stress, it's trauma. And implants can be the tipping point for some people. And they'll know ever since I got the implant, it's never been the same. And those people, an explant can be a tool in the right direction. Are you seeing a lot of explants? Yeah. And not it's obviously not someone, a, a surgeon that is on board with it for health reasons. It's not every surgeon. So there are definitely certain doctors throughout the country that are seeing this more and more and they really specialize in it. So yes, it's a part for, of some of my patients' journey. Is inflammation coming from our gut? Where is it coming from? Yeah, it's 75% of our immune systems in our gut. So inflammation is a product of that. So it's a massive component of gut-centric components to it. But it's What's driving the inflammation is really my job. Is it something physiological, like an underlying gut problem, like leaky gut syndrome? Is it a like food sensitivity? Is it a nutrient deficiency? Or is it something that's psychological, like on a mental, emotional, spiritual level, that's driving inflammation levels and impacting? And what would that be? Body? Would that be like over, like being overly stressed? Chronic or? stress. Yeah, chronic stress, unresolved trauma, just 
yeah, low grade like shame around health and wellness <laughs> that can also stressing about healthy things is a going to be a source of inflammation levels too. So it can be insidious for some people because it's it's less prescriptive to say, you know, I it's easy for me to say, well, these foods can raise inflammation. Look at the data. Let's like shift the way you're doing food and supplementation can help for that. It's a lot more nebulous to say, don't stress, right? Or don't have shame or don't have trauma. To unpack that takes a lot more work, but it's important work for people that need to address it. I also think that a lot of these high cortisol workouts that people are doing for me, I noticed when I cut those out, I was less inflamed. Like I was, I remember like a couple years ago, I was like doing like these like mm-hmm. boot camp type cortisol inducing workouts that are in the dark with lights everywhere. Like you're in a club and the teacher's screaming at you. And the second I cut that out, I noticed less inflammation. Have you seen that? Yeah. And that's where labs can be helpful labs and health history and context. But it's, I mean, exercise impacts cortisol, especially the more intense, shorter periods of time. It's that hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis. The benefits of, of exercise is bouts of cortisol being increased. But for somebody that's already having a stressed out nervous system, like people that are postpartum is a good example, right? They're already going through hormonal shifts. That may be the season that you don't just hit it hard with the hit training. It's like just maybe something more restorative or something a little bit slower and slower can be, you know, meeting your body where it's at and have sort of that mindful approach and pivot and not see it as failure, but see it as just where you're at right now and serving your body. What about parasites? I'm seeing more and more. This topic, I've been on Twitter lately, running around on there, and I, I see this topic trending, but I'm reading, and they could be completely wrong, and you may say that's not true. These horror stories about people that basically identify parasites in the gut and then have the task of trying to get that parasite removed. Like, I don't know if you see any of this or if this is just total like myths or. No, it it's happens for some people. I, I'm glad people are having conversations around this because I think gut health as a whole is vastly under talked about. So labs would show us, there's no perfect labs of this, especially when you're looking at one stool sample, one snapshot in time, you can miss things like parasites, like you can miss bacterial overgrowths or you know anything else like that, yeast and fungal overgrowths. But it's interesting that people are having this conversation. I, I think sometimes the parasite conversation can happen around some anti-parasitic, some herbal thing that they're selling online that's like clearing it. I, I look, people, there's the vast, majority of people have some sort of gut health problem. So the fact that people are talking about things and finding things doesn't surprise me. I would say parasites aren't the top of my list of things that I see on labs. Sometimes, and this is like kind of nasty maybe for some people, but they will have like mucus production because there's so much inflammation in their gut. So sometimes when they go into the bathroom, what they think is a parasite is actually mucus production because there's so much inflammation. <laughs> what is mucus production? Oh, what does mucus in your in your shit look like? I'm actually curious. Looks like you what one would think is like a mucus. worm. Yeah. It's like a gelatinous type of worm-like thing. I'm not saying people don't have parasites, but I'm saying sometimes people can get confused. Like I just saw this thing in the toilet. It's a parasite, but it's like it's actually so, mucus. Okay, production. so say someone has mucus in their shit. Yeah. What do you do about it? What a medical way to say that. Right? <laughs> That's the technical. Hold on. What's the right term? way to say it? Like, what's the Probably right, not that. What's I the right I way to say it? I guarantee it's not that. <laughs> how, do you, how do you say it, Dr. Well? I mean, mucus in the stool. I, mucus that, in the stool. Excuse me, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> and just sometimes when you say things, you just hit. It feels like a punch in the yeah. face. You know? <laughs> but you know what? That's 
why I do what I do, because that should not be happening, right? I mean, that's a hyperinflammatory state and your body's giving you a clue on, it's not liking something you're doing, whether it's a food, environmental toxin, or stress or trauma that's creating the hypervigilant state. There is nothing worse than being bloated. I had a delayed flight the other day and I was on the runway and in the air for a long time. And thank God I had my bloat kit. I carry a bloat kit when I travel because I get extra puffy, especially when I fly and then when I land too. So in my bloat kit, I had my ice roller. I had like eye mask pads. I had a sheet mask. And then of course I had my array. They have this bloat capsule that's absolutely amazing. It's a blend of five herbs, but what makes it different is it has a fruit-based digestive enzyme in it. And both of these things work together to target bloat. You feel better right away. So what I noticed is if I eat like a whole bag of chips, I'll take two after and I don't get that bloated, uncomfortable feeling. I've recommended this to all my friends. It's laxative-free, vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, filler-free, nut-free, And the brand is also very specific with the ingredients that they use. So they have ginger root, lemon balm, dandelion root, peppermint, and my personal favorite, Slippery Elm. This gets things moving, which we love. We have a code for you. If you want to try the all-natural supplement array, you're going to go to array.com and use code SKINNY at checkout. You get 15% off your first purchase and a free sleep mini. That's array.com and use code SKINNY. Definitely get these bloat capsules to just have on hand. If you eat like a bunch of pizza or pasta or chips like me, they're just like so efficient for helping with stomach bloat. Zaza has just gotten her big girl bed set up and I wanted to find high quality sheets for her, but I wanted to make sure that they were organic and that they were free of toxins. Bolin Branch has these signature sheets that are made without toxins They're free of synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde, and other harsh chemicals. You're sleeping on your sheets and your pillow for eight to nine hours, and you're breathing in the sheets. So especially when it came to my daughter, I wanted to make sure we got her like buttery soft sheets, but also ones that didn't have toxins because I went down a rabbit hole and there are so many sheets that are filled with so many things that you don't want to be breathing in. If you want to check out the sheets that I got, I got the cream color. Her whole room is like a really pretty cream. They're neutral. They're so comfortable. And they've really helped her integrate sleeping into her bed. If you want a superior soft, just better night's sleep, you have to check out their 100% organic cotton threads. Everything about their sheets is just made for an amazing night's sleep. Zaza is hooked on her new sheets. You can check them out at bullandbranch.com and use promo code SKINNY. Sleep better at night with Bull and Branch sheets. Get 15% off your first order when you use promo code SKINNY at bullandbranch.com. That's bullandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, promo code SKINNY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. bullandbranch.com and use promo code SKINNY. Sleep better at night with Bull and Branch sheets. So when you say environmental toxin, are you talking about cleaning supplies? Are you talking about detergent? I, for so long, kept getting this rash on my legs. And I was like, what is going on? And it was every time I would travel to a hotel. And it was because I must have been allergic to the detergent that they were using Mm -hmm. in their sheets. Is that what you're talking about when you say that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the products that people are using 
on their skin, cleaning their home. Yeah, it's it's all of that. And we can quantify the most common ones, not all of them, but we can quantify a lot of them that we would expect to see on tests, blood tests, urine tests, or kind of see, is it accumulated in the body? Things that are found in things like herbicides and insecticides and cleaning products and things that people don't think about, but can be accumulated over time. And some people have the smaller buckets, use that analogy again, and it's hit that tipping point and it's creating inflammation levels in their body. My opinion, I'm not a doctor, but I think that cleaning supplies are the new Roundup. You know Roundup? Yeah, yeah. Roundup is, they found after people were in it all the time back in the day, like 40 years ago. Yeah. They found all these things that were so cancerous in it. And now they're all talking about it. And you see those commercials. It's like, if you have da 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 call this mm-hmm. number. I think that cleaning supplies are the next roundup. I I hope that people realize that because you should be a doctor, Lauren. You Thank should. You. you should. Oh, God. <laughs> never to hear the end of this. <laughs> let's, let's, be a, let's join the Maybe like team a, up. <laughs> <laughs> or we can walk in to see one of your patients. Listen, Michael, your shit has mucus. Michael, let him continue about how I should be a doctor. Go yeah. on. <laughs> uh, I agree with you. And it's glyphosate's still high in a lot of people too. Especially, maybe this is controversial, but I see people that are more plant-based that try to do the right thing and are eating better than most Americans are. So there's no shade on that. But it's the messed up food supply that we have that I'm measuring glyphosate high levels in these people's coming out in their urine. But same with a clean, environmental toxins found in cleaning products too. Well, they've been talking about plant-based. Like, I, I, and that, again, this is controversial, but Wait, I, don't, I don't get why this... Well, no, but why? I, because why? people get all riled up if you attack any kind of plant-based diet. But I think people don't realize some of the plant supply is not nearly as clean as they believe it to be. Yeah. Right? They think, oh, I'm doing good because I'm eating a bushel of kale every week. Like, I won't touch kale with a 10-foot pole. I don't... I think that... Look at all the shit they spray all over that stuff, right? Yeah. Here's what I'll There's also say. There's a big kale community, though. I, yeah. I started <laughs> really, really eating a lot of red meat. We a ta- lot wait, of but red meat. Hold on. Meat. Stay on this. We talked at one time we were on the show and we were talking about how, like, I don't believe that kale is the is the most optimal leafy green. People got really upset. Like, he's not a doctor. Shouldn't be bashing kale. But... There's no discussion about the way that they're farming all this stuff and, the, mm-hmm. and all the stuff that goes on to these plants. Oftentimes, when you're talking about plant foods, it's what we've done to it. And that's why sourcing's good. But, you know, you don't really know what the farm next to you is going to be doing as well. So there's a lot of when you're looking at soil and water and the impact that, that our food has, on top of the fact that kale specifically, if we're talking about kale, it's high in oxalates. It's not necessarily the best grape, but it's used as this sort of epitomization of the healthiest green. You can cook it and it breaks some of that down. So if you want to have your kale, <laughs> just look at preparing it properly. It's just a pain in the ass. It's, it's not all, it's good a, for your thyroid either. Yeah. I mean, excess <laughs> level. I mean, that's right, the oxalates. Yeah. I have, I, my, I'm just saying I've been told to stay away from it because of my thyroid. I've been eating so much meat lately, so much red meat, and my hair has never been thicker, and I have so much more energy, and I feel so much better. Do you hear that a lot? I mean, it's it's a conversation because we get a lot of born plant-based people. It's like, okay, what are you willing to do? Meet a person where they're at and optimize nutrient density, but not just nutrient density, but the bioavailability of the nutrients that you're having. Because you could say something like kale has lots of nutrients, right? That's wonderful. But how bioavailable are those nutrients? And that's the thing with red meat and fish and pescatarian options. It's not only nutrient dense, but it's bioavailable because plant foods have a lot of anti-nutrients like phytic acid and lectins that can slow down the use of it. It basically binds to minerals, making the, any nutrients that it does have less usable or even you know accessible to your body. 
what's your perfect day of eating? Like, let's say you just went to the gym, you worked out. Do you eat before? Like, tell us the perfect day. I want people to find out what's sustainable for them. Okay. Right. So with my job with patients, it's the bio individuality. I, I still am curious about you. Though, yeah. So for me, I'll talk about me all day. Skin. Thank you. I want to know what you eat. Well, I mean, I I do the holy main every day. You like holy main? I'm obsessed with that. That too, I think really. What the hell is the holy main? <laughs> no, see, this is what people. This is what happens. I've hid it from you. It's it's you it, would like it. The blue, it's powder. The blue powder. Oh no, I know what that is, but I didn't know it's called the holy main. No, it's holy main. It's that's a, a good name. It's Thanks. it's with Agent Nator. Okay. No, I know. Well, first of all, huge fan of her. Brand. I didn't know it was yeah. called. I know the stuff that you're talking about. It's and in the blue shiny package. Was like you have to try this. And so what I do is I mix it in with my greens every yeah. morning. I put a scoop of my greens and then I scoop the holy main in there. Yeah. With a frother. I do the same thing with. I do athletic greens, with with the holy main because it's collagen pearl in it. Exactly yeah. Exactly what I do. You know what she does? She finds. Well, stuff I like should this. be a doctor. No, <laughs> she hides. I intuitively the good stuff from knew me. to do this. What's that? She hides the. Where good are you stuff. hiding it in the house? Is what I want to know. I'm. I actually am hiding it. I'm going to send you a picture of it after this. <laughs> oh, it's hidden. Right. It's all hidden right. in our supplement drawer in the back. I just figured he wouldn't like it because because it does like it's not like the most masculine looking yeah. packaging on the planet. Yeah. So I thought he would think it was like a beauty yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. You have like a <laughs> hidden door that's like behind. You know, there's seven grams of protein or seven grams of protein in that, right? Yeah. Which is From amazing, right? It's collagen protein. Yeah. And for someone that has gut problems, it's one of the most like usable, accessible form of protein. So food, like I'm in Austin right now. So I, I've been living at Picnic and True Food Kitchen. I love it. I freaking love it. But I don't have that where I live. So it's just like a treat. But I'll typically fast until lunch and break my fast with some grass-fed beef, some greens. Okay, I'm going to ask you details. When you say fast, the only thing you're doing is water or you're doing the holy main and athletic greens? I will. That's not breaking the fast to have the greens and the collagen. It's not. Okay. Because it's, if you, even if you look at the research on fasting mimicking and the amount of protein they can have and calories, it's not, if something's not impacting insulin and glucose or it's negligibly impacting insulin and glucose, and when you're talking about protein in it's not at all. So that's why people were doing like the butters and the MCTs because these fats and small amounts of protein are negligible. But I will typically have mine around lunchtime. And are you drinking coffee during your fast? Yes, coffee. And what I do for my fast is I will just have coffee and tea. So and really keep it as simple as possible. And the reason why even the collagen is if you want to get super granular about this, there's a pathway called mTOR the mammalian or mechanistic target of rapamycin, which you technically want to be lower during your fast. So a lot of the longevity, beauty benefits, the anti-aging benefits of autophagy, you want mTOR to be lower periodically, not all the time, because you want to build muscle and be healthy, but cyclical times of mTOR being low. So technically speaking, mTOR is sensitive to protein. So is that one scoop of the collagen protein really going to throw you out? No, it's not. You're, and you could test your ketones and your, with CGM to see if this is true. But for most people, it's going to be negligible. So if you enjoy it and if it makes your fast easier, because like the greens powder is going to provide you some fiber, which could actually make your fast quite easier if it gives you some satiety in that time of fasting. So you break your fast with what, what you said, steak? Yeah, I mean, it depends. I may have like, uh, two, like a, I get the Wild Planet tuna. Do you ever get the canned tuna from? I my... eat that every night in bed, and Michael this is makes the one fun I of was me. Telling you I that... eat it every night in bed. He he goes, oh Lauren, you're eating tuna again. It smells. No, no, listen. I eat it every night in bed. The wild tuna. I 
think Dr. eating Wilcole. the tuna is great. I think eating tuna in the bed is <laughs> at atrocious. 10 p.m. at night. Yeah. And, it, <laughs> and by the way, Lauren, I here's think the move with that. You're tuna. eating too close to bed. You, Dr. You, Will, <laughs> listen to my tuna recipe. I take that can that you just said, and then I do a scoop of chili flake, like maca. I think it's called. It's like a salsa. Okay. Called, it's like chili flakes, and then I do a little bit of mustard and avocado mayo, and it's perfect. I basically do the same thing a lot. You, but would you bring that in the bed? Would you bring that in the bed? No. Okay. No. That that, my wife would not let me have it in the bed. To be honest with you, I'm in a negligee (laughs) eating fucking tuna for things. It is atrocious, honestly. (laughs) It's like smells up the whole bedroom. It is. The dogs are crying. (laughs) Looks like, hey, you want to hook up? I'm like, not anymore. (laughs) (laughs) The wolves are howling outside. Coyotes. (laughs) But don't you think that she she probably shouldn't be eating in bed because don't you want to allow a little time before you sleep? It's not 10, it's 8. But But still, you go to bed right after. Tell me how bad it is. So ideally, no shame. Look, look, if you like it, but ideally from a mechanistic standpoint, allowing, let's just say, two to three hours after dinner before you go to bed allows your body to get a better night's sleep. So you're basically fasting through the night until the next day. If you're digesting food middle of the, middle of the night. So uh, go tell me, you, you break your fast at 12, tell me what you do, and then tell me what you're eating throughout the day. And then when you stop eating, explain. So I eat enough calories. I'm eating until satiety within my window. I'm not super dogmatic about it. It's a probably six, seven hour eating window, sometimes eight hour eating window. So I will eat just different sources of protein. So that could be wild-caught fish, like we've talked about the tuna, grass-fed beef, chicken, turkey, something like that, or some plant-based protein. I don't do it so much, but I'll have some beans occasionally, pressure-cooked beans. And I think prioritizing protein throughout the day is important when it comes to blood sugar regulation, neurotransmitter health, and it's definitely important. And then have lots of fruits fruits and vegetables. I don't do lots of nuts and seeds that don't work well with me digestively. Did I mention healthy fats? So things like avocados and olives. And I love the avocado oil-based mayo. I have lots of eggs throughout the day too. So it's a combination of that. And I just kind of eat and enjoy the food during those windows. What time exactly do you stop eating? Seven o'clock, eight okay. o'clock. Yeah. And besides your holy mane and your athletic greens, are you doing other supplements throughout the day? Oh yeah. So I, I'm doing vitamin D3 okay. every day. I'm doing a methylated B vitamin, which you're getting some of that in the greens, but I, I have a, a double MTHFR gene variant, which just means I need a little bit more support in that avenue. Do you have I, a specific B vitamin you like or a specific? Yeah, vitamin? I have I have my own, but it's it's a methylated B vitamins, okay. but we have it at drbocal.com. But it's just things that we recommend to patients. You know, I take a D, a, a B vitamin complex. A D3 has the K2 combination, which are two fat soluble vitamins. And what else do I do? Magnesium. I, I take a magnesium as well. Is it from your brand? Yeah, I yeah, we have. It's a blend of magnesium threonate and glycinate. Yeah, opt, it's the magnesium, we call it. So it's that's basically it. And the reason being is because those are deficient in most people. B vitamins, vitamin D, magnesium. It's nothing too crazy. And then occasionally I'll have like adaptogenic blends when I, when I want to. But I'm not dealing with any active. I'm not super stressed. I'm not like dealing with any sleep issues, thankfully. So I mainly focus on food and then fill in the gaps with any nutrient deficiencies. So pretty like basic in many ways. And what is your workout schedule? So I, I'm a fan of Peloton and I do all of their workouts. I do like the, the full body workouts, upper body, lower body, sort of do a, a circuit with them throughout the week. So three to four times a week, that's what I'm doing. Nothing too crazy. I should be doing working out more, but I, I don't. 
And what about your sleep schedule just while we're on your schedule? So I don't go to bed as early as I should. And I track it on a aura ring and I know that I don't, but I get home late later because I'm seeing patients all day long. So for me, it's like my time to just hang out and chill out, hang out with my family. But I'm going to bed like 10, 11 o'clock. That's not too late. Yeah, it's not so, so bad. But I know I could go to bed at 9 and be even better for, for my body. And then I wake up at six, between 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. And do you have a wellness strategy that you do throughout the week or is it just go straight to work? I have micro moments, nothing big. I'm not a super biohacker. I don't really, do, I don't, during the work week, I don't have the time to do it. I could get up earlier and do it. But I, I, to me, I like the simplicity of just doing things that I know are sustainable. It's not overwhelming for me. It's nothing super arduous. So I get up, I do some mindfulness and prayer. We actually do it as a clinic. We do it together. When I get to the clinic, we do prayer and meditation together. So I guess that's a morning sort of ritual. Nothing too much, like 15 minutes that we're, we're doing a practice together. And then we jump right into the day. So I'm going over case reviews and we are hit, hit the ground running with seeing patients via telehealth. Well, you know, like what I think, especially like on a lot of these podcasts, I think sometimes people get overwhelmed because you'll see these people that are like so into these routines and mm -hmm. so into like they're deep in the wellness, right? So I imagine when you're starting with patients, like you're not telling them to jump into the cold plunge right away and get in the sauna and go lift three times yeah. weights and eat all that. Like you got to kind of like, again, meet people where they are. And I, mm -hmm. and I feel like when I'm listening to you, you don't have to do all these kind of, I don't want to say crazy, but you don't have to do all these intense things because your life is already kind of well-rounded and well-balanced. Yeah. You're getting the regular workouts in, you're getting the right supplementation, you're eating yeah. in the right windows. You're, you're doing the things that the majority of people probably should be doing. That's yeah. the, but most people have their life so out of balance where it's like they're not taking care of themselves, they're drinking too much, they're yeah. not exercising at all, they're eating the worst kind of foods, they're overstressing themselves in work. And so it sounds like sometimes when you hear these people, you got to go to these extremes. Like, no, you just got to kind of get your life in order yeah. somewhat. And then you can figure out how extreme you want to be with it after you've got the bases covered. Exactly. That's exactly how I feel about it. And that's a big part when I wrote Gut Feelings. It's that orthorexic spectrum that I think is a problem within wellness. It's like more is always better. And I just, and it ends up being antithetical to what I want from my patients who's actually enjoying their life. It's just such a source, source of obsession and dread, which is a massive problem. Look, if those tools, like all the biohacking stuff, if they serve you and you enjoy doing them and they, they improve your quality of life, then wonderful. But I, to me, I don't have to do all the things because I, you know, I'm, I just, I feel great doing what I'm doing. I don't need more tools. You know, I feel, I, I feel the same way. And, you know, my, I think sometimes this intent, like you see these people that are so deep in the wellness community and I feel they do a disservice to the majority of people a lot of time because they're too deep, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you don't need to get in and you don't need to do all these crazy things. Like for me, it's work out three to five days a week, lift some heavy weights, get in a couple thousand steps as many, as much as you can, maybe do a little bit of cold, hot therapy, eat well, fast the majority of the week, you know, in a, in a decent window, at least 12 hours. Mm -hmm. If you can get that done. You're in the, you're in the 1%. Exactly. And that to me, like all the things you just said are like to my tools within my toolbox. And if you have a health issue, you may need more tools. But to me, it's like, if you don't have it and then you're just do it, you're right. I think a lot of people are like, dang, I'm so, I could never do all of that. And they feel like they're failures because they can't just live and breathe all this wellness stuff. Most of the stuff that I do, I think is accessible to most people. Out of all the brands, I love this brand so much. And I love it because my daughter loves it and she takes it every single day. 
It's called Haya Health. So what I found when I was looking for a children's vitamin is that basically they're candy. So most of them are filled with two teaspoons of sugar. They're filled with unhealthy chemicals and just like a lot of gummy junk. But Haya is superior, okay? It's made with zero sugar, zero gummy junk, and it tastes great. And I know this because I tried it. And they're perfect for picky eaters. So every single morning, I have her Haya vitamins in this little white silicone bowl. And she takes it, loves it. And actually, like every morning is like, mom, can I have a vitamin, which is so crazy. These are non-GMO, vegan, dairy-free, allergen-free, gelatin-free, nut-free, and everything else you can imagine. They're designed for kids of all ages. But the best part is, you guys, they're sent straight to your door. So you don't have to go to the market and just get their nutrients right to your door. Haya has vitamin D, B12, C, zinc, folate, just everything to help support immunity, energy, brain function. Kids get sick a lot. So add this vitamin to their routine. Let me know what you think. It's pediatrician approved. And we've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. Receive 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, you must go to HayaHealth.com slash skinny. This deal is not available on their regular website. So go to Haya, H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash skinny and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Quick break to talk about longevity, muscle, and overall good health. We have talked about prebiotics and probiotics on this show for a long time now. They're both extremely important, but what we have not talked about at great length yet is a postbiotic. So what exactly is a postbiotic? Postbiotics are the active nutrients your body makes during digestion and an emerging driver of good health. And one of our favorite postbiotics is Timeline Nutrition's MitoPure product. MitoPure has urolithin A, which is one of the first postbiotics shown to have major health benefits. Some of those benefits include upgrading your cellular power, helping you maintain muscle, and studies have shown that it can also increase strength and endurance with no change in lifestyle. It's absolutely incredible, and I've been a huge fan of it for a while now. Like I said, my go-to for urolithin A is MitoPure from Timeline Nutrition. It's a Swiss-based life science company, which is a global leader in urolithin A research. Timeline Nutrition has three products designed to fit your needs, berry powder, protein powder, and the soft gels. I personally like the soft gels, but the powders are also great if you want to throw them in a smoothie or a yogurt or water, whatever fixes your fancy. Um, They're all great and you can't go wrong. So check this stuff out. Timeline is offering 10% off your first order of MitoPure. Just go to TimelineNutrition.com slash skinny and use code skinny to get 10% off your order. That's T-I-M-E-L-I-N-E-N-U-T-R-I-T-I-O-N.com slash skinny. TimelineNutrition.com slash skinny. I recommend trying their starter pack with all three formats to see what you like. Again, that's Timeline Nutrition nutrition.com slash skinny. Perfect bar saved our life. The other day we were stuck on a flight. It was delayed. We were sitting in the airport. Just all the things that could happen happened. And thank God we had perfect bar in my purse. We are obsessed with the dark chocolate chip peanut butter with sea salt. I like to do this thing where I like cut it up and even roll it into balls. I do this with Zaza. I do it with Michael. It's like a refrigerated cookie dough texture. It's creamy, full of flavor, tastes delicious in your mouth. But the best part is that it has 17 grams of protein per bar. So this is perfect if you're hungry or you're traveling or you just had a workout because you get the protein in. They also have these little bars for kids. I put them in the refrigerator for Zaza so she can just grab and go. And the little bars that she has are full of like six grams of protein. And they also taste good. She thinks she's getting a treat, but she's really not because they're made with no artificial preservatives. 
Also, you should know they're non-GMO. They're gluten-free, soy-free, kosher, and low GI. And here is the deal. Perfect Bar knows it will be love at first bite. So for a limited time, they're offering you a chance to try their refrigerated protein bars for free. Here's how it works. You sign up for email and text and upload a picture of your receipt from your local grocery store, and they will reimburse you for the cost of one bar directly to your Venmo or PayPal accounts. I mean, this is so cool. All you have to do is go to perfectsnacks.com slash skinny to get a free perfect bar today. That's perfectsnacks.com slash skinny and you get a free perfect bar today. Happy snacking. I also think if you're interested in something, you can start small. And what I mean by that is if you're interested in the cold plunge, people will see the cold plunge at our house and they'll be like, well, I can't do a cold plunge. I don't have one. For 10 years, though, I took a freezing cold shower for three minutes. Like Mm -hmm. you said, I hung eucalyptus trees in my shower. Leaves. Not trees, but leaves. 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 <laughs> trees would be a And tall I like order. had freezing cold water cascading over me with yeah. a eucalyptus leaf that was three dollars for ten years. And slowly I started implementing cryotherapy. Yeah. And then now a cold plunge. So it doesn't have to be all at once right away. I think you can just use what you have. Mm-hmm. I would like to know. When self- I was a kid, I just did push-ups and sit-ups in my bedroom. That was it. There was nothing yeah. else. You still I mean, do that. I would hang on a tree branch and do a couple pull-ups. That was it. There was no like a fancy membership. Downward right dog butt naked while I'm eating tuna in the bed. <laughs> I still do that. I, I still do that every day. So, <laughs> what do you do with your kids? How do you have your kids take on healthy habits? Because it's not easy. It's not easy. I would say it depends. We as parents, like if we're decent parents, we know our kids. And we know to meet them where they're at. And so I think it depends on the child that you're talking about in the situation. But make it age appropriate. But I would really start making it fun, like making eating healthy fun and not restrictive. Get them in the kitchen, get them involved, get them cutting things when it's appropriate age wise, get them mixing things when it's appropriate age wise. Most of us in the West are kind of divorced from where our food comes from. (laughs) A parent told me years ago, they said, I thought, that fries came from McDonald's. I didn't know they came from potatoes. It's like, we don't even know where our food comes from. That it's like always the prepared version. We don't know like the root of it. So I think getting kids involved, first of all, is important. Second is, I mean, up until when they're of like 17, 18 years old, we as parents determine what's in the house. So I think make your home a sanctuary of foods that love us back and and focus on not these things you can't have, but just say we want foods that make us feel good and focus on feeling good and nourishing yourself and not about weight and not sort of someone's someone on my team told me about the almond mom trend yeah, on yeah. TikTok. Michael right? doesn't know. It's it's like apparently, I don't know the origins of it, but basically it's like a mother that you had when you were little that was obsessed with counting calories and would project her own insecurities around food onto you. So like Onto you being right. You, the so kid. like say say you're the kid and you have the almond mom and you're eating a Sunday and the almond mom would be like, "Ooh, do you really want to eat that? That's five thousand yeah. calories. I would never eat <laughs> yeah. that, and, honey." Right, and we're like, "I'm really hungry. I'll chew that almond really slowly. Just like just like savor that one almond. Yeah, like don't make that's not wellness. That's sort of unhealthy. But I think." Just eating nutrient-dense foods until satiety, teaching them about sort of mindful eating to not like just eat when you're bored or eat when you're stressed, but like what is actual like nutrient density and healthy relationship with food? What does that look like? So I think that's the first step, but don't be maniacal. Like I, my son is super picky, 16 years old now, and 
limited on what type of foods he'd eat, but it was healthy-ish foods because it was in our house. But now I see him at 16 years old. I'm walking down in the kitchen in the morning. He's mixing himself like a supplement adaptogenic blend. The dude's picky. And the fact that he's doing that at 16, I think we as parents need to plant seeds so later on they can make the decision for themselves to say, hey, I want to feel good. And he knows when he has that whatever food, that, that junk food, he doesn't like the way it makes him feel. So he tends to do less of that. And I, I want every person to have that agency for themselves what I call it for patients in the book, I call it food peace. It's not like diet culture or it's not, and it's not anti-diet culture. It's like, no, I like feeling great more than I thought I wanted something that's going to make me feel like shit the next day. Yeah, I, like I have a tip for moms that for like a one-year-old or a two-year-old, a frother. They think it's so cool. Like that thing right there? Like the chroma frother. They, Zaza thinks this chroma frother is so cool. And so I'll be like, do you want to froth my minerals? Do you want to froth my holy mane? Do you want to froth yeah. my bone broth? And when she froths it, she wants to drink it after she froths it because she feels like she put in work. I, like I that. swear it works. But it's like it also it's it's not just with wellness. Like I think you can work out in front of your children. You could read in front of your children. You could do you know you could take a walk. Like all of these wellness practices. I, I mean you know for me I became a big reader. But when I think about my childhood, I would see my dad sitting on the couch with a book all the time, and like that translated because I'm like, oh, I want to kind of do yeah. what he's doing. Or you know, same thing with a workout. Like if you're sitting there and you're not you know doing these kind of things, and then you're expecting your kid to do it, like yeah. they're modeling after you, right? Yeah, so if you're just sitting on your ass all day long playing video games yeah. and eating shit, like that's what your kid's gonna do. Yeah, lead by example, and that they pick it up. You're absolutely right. In defense of almond moms, in defense of them, if anyone's listening and they had an almond mom, I think that we need to have and practice extreme empathy from where they came from. They came from a time when it was pushed in their face to have fat free. They came into a time when calorie counting was all the rage. That's the education that they were brought up on. So I think that instead of like like TikTok, sometimes it's like bashes the almond mom. Like, I think we need to like give space to what they were being fed when they were little. Absolutely. And I think in many ways, it's a good point. And I think empathy and compassion and just like self-compassion are all great tools for humanity, but also for our health. They moved the needle to some degree because I think you could probably look back and be like, yeah, they actually improved things a little bit and hopefully we can do the same. Yeah, it's it, as social media, right? We just pile on and it, it's not... It's we lack empathy a lot of times. Well, especially if it's a platform and Lauren always gets mad when I talk about age gaps, but like if it's a platform with a high, high majority of that platform being people that have not experienced enough of life yet. And I'm not, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not just it's not their fault. It's like say that a platform is primarily catering to 13 to 22 year old kids. Yeah. Like those people have not experienced enough of life to develop empathy for older people because they haven't had it go through any of the difficulty themselves yet. Yeah. Right. hundred percent. And it's just this echo chamber of stuff. Yeah. So, hey, give the almond mom some love, man. Give the almond. They didn't have. And guess what's going to happen to both of you now? Now you're going to be attacked for defending (laughs) the almond moms. They didn't have gut feelings. They didn't have the book. They didn't have access to everything that we have access to. So give the almond moms a break. Oh, it's like Maya Angelou said, right? When you know better, you do better. And many of them just didn't know. They thought they were doing the best thing they could. But Out of all the podcast episodes that you've done, because you've done a lot. Yeah. What has been the most popular topic? It's interesting. I, I, people like myth busting. People like to know. Okay, Give an example. Like myth busting about 
cleanses or myth busting about fats, myth busting about veganism or plant like uh, eating meat. So I think that's part of it. People like that. People love it when they talk about mold toxicity and like healing from these mystery illnesses that we see a lot clinically. They want to know like what the protocol is, what supplements they should take, what does healing look like, what labs they should run. And they want to know about longevity too. So I, I find that those episodes where we talk about longevity. I saw you just did a mold topic on coffee or you, you did yeah. a post about coffee yeah. and then molds and you recommended some. So you like, how much mold is in, in most coffees? I guess if the question that I'm asking, yeah, you asked it the wrong way, but you get what I'm good at. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, you're going to have, it probably varies. And that's why I'm always careful with my words of like, this is most likely to be higher in mold, but you're going to obviously have to test each brand. And that's the problem is that if these things aren't being tested, then you don't know. So it's like an unknown variable. So I would just, that's why I like tend to recommend patients who like coffee, which I like coffee myself to go to towards brands that are actually looking at this. Cause when you have a crop like coffee, just like other foods that can be higher in molds, like nuts and seeds, you want to be able to know that you're going to a brand that's pure, not just for mold, but other toxins as well. My patient base are people that are sensitive to biotoxins. So they have to be a little bit more careful. The average person, maybe they don't care about a little bit of mold in there. I don't think mold in foods are the primary drivers of mold toxicity. I think it's a contributing factor for somebody who's already mold sensitive. What do you think the most contributing factor or the biggest contributing factor to mold toxicity is? Sick homes, sick homes. Yeah. Homes that are built like the way that construction workers have explained it to me is that homes built today oftentimes can't breathe. Like they used to be able to breathe. There's a lot of like moisture when it's even built and it, and it kind of builds mold. It tends to build mold faster today. And we see a lot of new builds that have pervasive amount of toxic mold. And again, these people without immunity, they don't have the big buckets, to, the big mason jars to handle this. Guess what, Dr. Will? I am having test my home come out to my house on Monday. Michael has made fun of me. No, I'm not making test fun of you. Test my home comes out for nine hours and they check all the bones of the house. They check outside. They check for like carbon dioxide leakage. They check for mold. They check for new builds, which our house is. They check for everything. And then after 10 hours of checking, they give you a checklist. They give you a huge bill. Okay. And then they yeah. say you so, got to move out of this house. If everyone doesn't yeah. think I should be a doctor after this episode, yeah. I don't know what I, I should say. I think that's the title of the episode. I, Lauren's a doctor. <laughs> you were like, we don't need to test our home. Yes, we do no, need to test she does our so, home. I swear to God, this is a true story. She does stuff in the neighborhood where she like one time she <laughs> smelled gas mm-hmm. and like somebody told her she had a great nose. No, no, and no. no. Stop, no, stop. I'm telling the story. And now she calls the gas company <laughs> multiple times a month and they come out and they shut down everyone in the neighborhood's gas and they're sitting and there's and they haven't found it's not the story. Yes, it is the story. And <laughs> it's true. I was outside working one day and I have a nose for gas. Yes, I, I told can you she found smell it one when time. there's a speck of leakage. You're like a hound dog. A, a, a bloodhound. Blood, 100%. Yeah. So I called the gas company. They came out and the man came up to me afterwards and he said, damn, you have a nose. I wouldn't want to cheat on you. <laughs> <laughs> and he said there was 1% of gas leaking and that I smelled. Yes, but so wow. now so- she's got the orthorexia of gas sensitivity <laughs> and she's calling and shutting down the neighborhood. Our neighbors are probably like, what is this woman doing? They're freezing I- them. You're freezing them out of their house. <laughs> the, the, the gas company shows up with a SWAT team every other week. There is a company though called Test My Home. They come out and they test your home. So if you feel like you have mold, I don't feel like that. I just am interested to yeah. talk about it and and share it with other people. 
you can call them or you can like DM them on Instagram and they come out and they test your home. Yeah, it's an issue for some people. And look, I, I talked to a patient the other week. She was telling me I was having so much marriage problems. Like I just thought he was horrible and our life was not in a good place. And then I found out I had mold toxicity, underlying gut problems, and that was impacting her mood. And she thought it wasn't him. She realized when she got healthy, it wasn't him. It was just she just had so little resilience. So I think how many people have these underlying issues. They're doing all the things, they're eating clean, but they're still struggling with things like anxiety and depression. And it's impacting not just their health, but the health of their family. But I hope there's no mold in your home. I hope so too. Or no gasoline, no big bills. Praying what for that. is the, so we're talking a lot about gut issues and gut health. And I know that's like what you focus on all the time. What is the commitment? Like if you, if I, if, you, if I'm somebody and I start working with you, I'm like, listen, we've identified a gut. Like what is the commitment of time and energy and healing yourself? Because I feel like this, to your point, like if you've done something for 20 years to yourself, it's not just going to fix itself overnight. Yeah. Most people are actively with us for at least four months. And my goal for many people at that point are able to get to enough of self-confidence and have enough tools and agency of their health to do it on their own where they know they feel better, their labs are looking better, and they may come in one, two, three times a year to get retested on things. And we adjust things accordingly as far as the foods and the, the, their other aspects of their protocols. More People that are more further down that inflammation spectrum, they have autoimmunity, they're very sensitive, they have like things like histamine intolerance and mast cell activation syndrome and all these more like gnarly, for lack of better words, things. They're with us for about a year and a half to two years where they're not with me every day for that long, but every two, three months, we're at a cadence of retesting, checking in, pivoting, refining, because healing is nonlinear. These are not quick fix issues. So it depends on where you're at, like how far, where are you at health-wise and where do you need to go? And I may have, this may be an ignorant question, but say that I work with you and then I've healed my gut. How how much armor do I now have on that gut or how do I have to be like, once it's healed, do I have to be so careful or just like I could do one thing again and it gets back or do I have a little bit of armor and staying power now to have a healthy gut? My, it depends on that person's system. Like how much resilience do they have? And that's back to that bucket analogy. Like some people have small buckets, that's genetics, like your tolerance for stressors. Even when you empty the bucket with the, like clear it of environmental toxins and glyphosate and cleaning environmental toxins and mold toxicity and underlying gut problems. You can't change that bucket size, but you change what you put in it. But those buckets are still small, meaning they can't pivot much and go off the reservation or they're going to get a flare, flare up. But the reality is even those people that we clear things out, they still know their north. They still know how much wiggle room they have, and they have a lot more resilience than when they started. So it depends on the person's own resilience and what they can quote unquote, get away with, but I, they don't even see it like that because they feel great. They really don't really need to pivot much because they just feel fantastic. They appreciate life because they're not struggling with these health issues. So they don't really have much of a desire to go for things that don't love them back because it's just like this deep sort of respect, I think, and honor for what they've built for themselves. I have a confession to make. I was supposed to do labs with you the first time you came on the podcast, but I'm so scared of needles. Hey, so what do I do? No shame. Well, I'm so scared of needles. I'm like so scared of needles. Is there anything else I can do? Yeah, you could do. Well, it depends on what we're testing for. The bag. <laughs> yeah, you could do stool test, which you did stool test. You could do urine saliva test. 
there's other tests out there. And we have patients that are really, really afraid of blood. And we find we'll do other, we'll test other things. We'll get the data we can get. So whenever you're ready, just let me know. I'm ready, I think. Okay. I'm going to do so, my blood work again soon and I'll, and I'll send you. Yeah, I'm ready. Talk to about see it. It. Your new book, what can everyone expect? Where can everyone find it? What, what tangible takeaways are they going to get out of this book? So it's called Gut Feelings, and it's a lot is of the things. Is this your things, second or third? This is my fourth, fourth book. Oh, wow. Fourth Thank book. Thank you for having me on. You've had me on the, Every time. the past, yeah, past three, yeah. other than Ketotarian, I think. But yeah, this is my fourth book, which is crazy. I don't but, think we knew each other at Ketotarian, but I would have. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. No, but I appreciate your support. And even me being part of the Dear Media family for the podcast, I love it. I just love being a part of this group. So it's called Gut Feelings. The subtitle is Healing the Shame-Fueled Relationship Between What You Eat and How You Feel. So it's really talking about how in the West, we like to separate mental health from physical health. But the fact is, mental health is physical health. And all these things we've talked about, like environmental toxins and mold toxicity and underlying gut problems, those things are going to impact how you feel. They're going to impact things like anxiety and depression and fatigue. But then also, it's, that's why it's called gut feelings. It's the gut and the feelings, the physiological and the psychological, the mental, emotional, spiritual stuff like stress and trauma. And the science around intergenerational trauma is shocking. Like through generations, things can be passed and stored in ourselves. How those things will impact our physical body, i.e. raising inflammation levels, impacting our nervous system. So it's just born out of my clinical experience with patients and how when you deal with both and not either or like the gut and the feelings, the physical and the mental, emotional, spiritual, that is where you will overcome these really difficult health issues or just feel your best if you're struggling with even low-grade problems. Last question. What is the right household cleaner, in your opinion? Oh, my gosh. I, I mean, I, you know, I don't even know. I, 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 I'm ashamed to not know, but I, but I would say this is a good resource. The Environmental Working Group has a whole database where you can go and vet what you are using in your home or on your skin. So, I, I mean, there's so many products out there. Andrea, my clinic manager, is here. I mean... I like Branch Basics. I love Branch Basics. Okay. They're wonderful. I like Molly's Suds. Molly's Suds. And you know what's so funny is Michelle Pfeiffer just came on and we talked all about her fragrance line. Huge fan of her fragrance line. It's the only EWG. Yeah, EWG. Verified fragrance that, that's out there. Michael and I just switched to her fragrances. You can stack them. They're so beautiful. And I feel so much better. I know this sounds crazy already of not wearing a perfume. Yeah. I, it it like doesn't bother me, but she also said the same thing you just said about the EWG. EWG, the Environmental Work. Yeah, she group. said check everything on there. So yeah, I think a that's great a great resource. tip. Yeah, and they do the same with food. They have the Clean Fifteen and the Dirty Dozen. If you want to like, if you maybe budget wise can't get all organic or don't have access to it, then use that list and like the Dirty Dozen. Then maybe try to get organic there or wash it really well. But the Clean Fifteen, it, maybe don't buy organic and just wash it off well, and that's the the fruits and vegetables that have the lowest amounts of pesticides and herbicides. What's one of those? I mean, some of the highest are things like strawberries tends to be, but they update it every year. So you have on, to look. You, you have to look at it. It updates based on the latest data. Dr. Will, you're amazing. Thank you. Guys, he's been on. This is his third time. We're doing a fourth time about cleansing coming soon. Where can everyone find you? Everything is at drwillcole.com, D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. My podcast, The Art of Being Well, listen to it. Yeah, the book, Gut Feelings. It's wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target, independent bookstores. Can you give bookstores. one away? Yeah, Can we sure. give a couple away that let's are signed it. copies? Yeah, let's, 
we can do how many do you want to do? Five, six? Sure. That that's amazing. Yeah. Handful of books. Signed by Dr. Will. Absolutely. All you guys have to do is tell us your favorite part of this episode on my latest post at Lauren Bostick and then follow at Dr. Will Cole. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for listening to the episode with Dr. Will Cole. Be sure to go back and listen to him the first two times he came on the podcast. He is a wealth of knowledge. If you want to win a copy of his book that's signed, sealed, and delivered straight to your door, all you have to do is tell us your favorite episode of this podcast on my latest post at Lauren Bostick and follow him on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. See you next time. If you have not jumped on the Athletic Greens train, also known as AG1 by this point, what in the heck are you doing? How many more times do you have to hear me tell you about how much of a game changer this product is before you pull the trigger and actually take the plunge into AG1? Here's why I love it. It's your one-stop shop, all-in-one daily supplement, nutrients, greens, and adaptogens, all-in-one delicious scoop. Like I said, I take this stuff every single morning with a massive glass of water. It also reminds me to drink a massive glass of water. It doesn't break the fast for you intermittent fasters out there, and it's going to jumpstart your day. Like I said, this single product has it all, your multivitamins, your minerals, pre and probiotics, and your adaptogens all in one scoop. It's the most cost-effective supplement when you think about how much bang you get for that buck. I have personally been taking this stuff for about four years now, and it's become an absolute staple in my routine. I don't know what I would do without it at this point. What I've personally noticed is I have more energy, as you can well tell here. I don't get sick as often. My gut health has improved, and I've lost the dark, ugly circles that were under my eyes. They're not completely gone, but they're almost gone. So don't come at me and don't say I still see them. So what are you waiting for? Check them out. They're an incredible company and brand, and we, of course, have a special offer for you. If you want to take ownership of your health. Today is time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com skinny. That's athleticgreens.com skinny. Go to athleticgreens.com skinny. That's athleticgreens.com skinny. Check it out. Enjoy.